um, I want to show you how real estate portfolios can look very, very different. And a portfolio that is that has six figures in cash flow can vary. Uh, it can be, you know, along a spectrum. And on one end, you have people who have a single luxury short-term rental, and and you could also have say a 24 unit uh, multifamily apartment complex in the Midwest, which is something which one of my one-on-one -on -one clients did, where, you know, just purchasing that gave them a, in that year of acquisition, a $500,000 tax break um, right there, which is like, which is massive. But it also gave them that, that single apartment complex was giving them six figures in cash flow. Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Bharatandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Today's topic is, uh, I find it to be very exciting. Uh, it's about how many properties to get to financial independence or another way of looking at this is how many doors to get to financial independence, right? And the reason I find this um, so fascinating is because, well, two reasons actually. So when I started my journey in real estate investing, initially the first property I purchased was a turnkey long-term rental and I saw $500 of cash flow from that property um, every month and it just looked like it would take me 20 doors to get to financial freedom with that model and it seemed overwhelming and um, as i've grown and as i've mentored others i've heard so many people ask me that same question it's just like you know it almost doesn't make sense for um is it going to take me 20 doors to get to financial freedom um and you know that just seems like uh, it's going to take a long time so that's that's one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I've um, I've been to conferences and I've met people who always who have this goal. They they always say this year I want to get to 100 doors. Right. And um, I think there's, you know, it's very natural. It's human psychology. It's very natural to listen to that and have um, fear of missing out. And if you're in either of those scenarios, this this episode is for you um, because I want to break down how many doors it actually takes to get to financial freedom for you and what factors go into deciding that number um, for your portfolio, right? Because it's different for each of us. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background, when I started off, I started off um, investing in real estate. It was a direct ownership portfolio, but I was extremely passive in my portfolio. And, and so I would purchase turnkey long-term rentals. I had a property manager. This was all out of state. So I started off doing this out of state. And I, in hindsight, with just five of those properties, there was a way for me to hit financial freedom, right? Just five. Today, my portfolio, uh, as you know, as a general partner, I have over 500 doors and assets under management. It's a completely different story. But uh, I've always been fascinated by the small and mighty portfolio. Um, uh, Coach Carson is someone I follow in this space. He actually has a book coming out uh, where he talks about the small and mighty portfolio. And in the physician space, I've I've often heard of people talking about 100 doors, 200 doors, and um, we don't really talk a lot about the small and mighty portfolio. And so this episode is about focusing on that and seeing, seeing what actually makes sense for you, because a lot of what we do in this community is 
showing you what's possible, educating you, and then breaking down limiting beliefs. And so I'm hoping that's what we're doing over here. And um, I want to show you how real estate portfolios can look very, very different. And a portfolio that is that has six figures in cash flow can vary. Uh, it can be, you know, uh, along a spectrum. And on one end, you have people who have a single luxury short-term rental. And we've had guest coaches uh, within the Creating Generational Freedom coaching program who come and they talk about the specific niche uh, where a single luxury short-term rental can generate six figures in net cash flow annually, right? So that's possible. You could have um, five class A long-term rentals in a hybrid market, which is kind of the model that I was following that are completely paid off where you could again get to six figures in uh, in pure cash flow annually. And you could also have say a 24 unit uh, multifamily apartment complex in the Midwest, which is something which one of my one-on-one -on -one clients did where you know just purchasing that gave them a, in that year of acquisition, a $500,000 tax break um, right there, which is like, which is massive, but it also gave them that single apartment complex was giving them six figures in cash flow end of the day, right? So it's, it's a whole spectrum. There's so many different ways of doing it. And we're going to talk about numbers and see what those actually look like. So you can understand what makes sense for you. But before we go into that, I want to talk about one important thing. And I actually talk about this a lot. Uh, so for those of you who've uh, heard me talk about it before. This is just reinforcing the same concept. But for those of you who are new, um, I want to highlight one important thing. When you look at a real estate portfolio and you look at it statically, right? At that point in time, you're just looking at cash flow and you're looking at that cash flow. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today is just going to be about what that cash flow looks like at a given point in time. But the important thing about real estate, and this is something that took me years to even understand, because I actually had to see this happen with my portfolio before it made sense for me. And I don't want you to be making the same mistake. So what I want to highlight is that in real estate, right, with a portfolio, it's not just the cash flow that is where, you, where you're getting your returns from, although it seems like it initially, right? So your cash flow is one part of your overall return profile, right? So over time, what happens is that you have cash flow from your portfolio, but over time you have, especially with leveraged real estate, you have debt pay down happening, which is where your um, tenants are paying down the mortgage every month. And there, a portion of that goes towards the principal payment, which is equity that you're building in that property. And that ends up being significant over time. You also have market appreciation, which is around three to four percent, but in a leveraged property, just because of you, you using leverage as a multiplier, so your actual um, ROI every year from uh, market appreciation ends up being 12%. So there's a leverage multiplier over there, which we usually don't think about. And so what happens over time is that um, the equity that you're building in that property ends up being significantly higher than just the cash flow that you're seeing. And it took me a long time to realize this. And, and so everything we're talking about today is going to be about just cash flow and getting that you know six figures in cash flow from your portfolio but i want you to remember that your returns from real estate are multifactorial and then the other interesting thing about your real estate portfolio is that over time what happens with inflation is that you know with natural inflation and not the crazy inflation we've seen is that your cash flow steadily increases over time. And that's because your rent is going up over time because of inflation. But uh, 
especially with smaller properties, your loan is fixed, right? That's your expense and that's the, the biggest expense that you have. So that expense line tends to uh, grow at a much slower rate. And so the gap between the growth of your um, rents versus the growth of your expenses keeps increasing and your cash flow keeps increasing, right? And so when you look at performas and we look at performas within the, the coaching program, Creating Generational Freedom, we build it out so you can actually see how your property is performing that factors in all of these different aspects and that's important to remember and I don't want you to lose sight of that and which is why I always say that especially during a recession right or periods of high inflation in both of those times real estate tends to have the highest risk adjusted returns um, and and I want to highlight that before we deep dive into today's content and for those of you who have not signed up for the three-day live event please do so this is um, it's an epic event massive you know it's a free three-day live event with seven to nine hours of free coaching where I go into my three-step framework about how to invest in real estate the right way and how to build a recession a recession resilient real estate portfolio um, this is every year we have thousands of physicians joining the program and um, it's just um, it's just you know, a very, very high yield. So if you haven't signed up yet, go to generationalwealthmd.com slash event. Make sure um, you join. I go over this concept of uh, the multifactorial returns and how your returns increase over time. So we deep dive into that over there. But coming back to um, the factors that you need to consider to decide how many doors you need in your portfolio to hit financial freedom, it boils down to just to simplify it, it boils down to two basic things, right? And so what the, the first one is very intuitive. It's going to depend on your financial independence number, right? So for those of you who are new to the space, um, I have a free worksheet which helps you calculate what your financial independence number is. And um, if you go to the generationalwealthmd.com homepage, go to resources and under resources, you can find the financial independence worksheet. Definitely fill this out. Okay, that's going to be your guide. That's going to really help you figure out your strategy. You know, your financial independence number is just the amount of passive income that you need coming in for it to meet all of your family's expenses, uh, including discretionary spending, right? So it covers everything and the worksheet actually walks you through it. And that number is going to be different for different people. Uh, and the number that I picked when I was um, figuring my number out was around $10,000 a month and that was giving myself a little bit of a buffer but this is going to vary depending on where you live what your expenses are student loans other things that you need to worry about right and so for the purpose of this discussion we're going to use the $10,000 a month number I've had um, clients uh, who wanted to whose goal for the real estate portfolio was to get to $20,000 or $35,000 a month, especially those living in um, LA, San Francisco, the Bay Area, where cost of living can be higher, right? So that number is gonna be different for all of you, but I would highly recommend looking at the worksheet and figuring out your number, right? So that's the most important, that's the first thing, right? That affects what your, how many doors you're gonna need to get to financial freedom, and that's pretty intuitive. The second factor that we don't really intuitively account for is going to be your strategy for investing in real estate, right? Your strategy is going to vary depending on how much time you're willing to put into your portfolio, how comfortable you are using leverage and your ability to tap into um, strategies for saving on taxes, right? So all of these things, all of these things affect your strategy and your overall strategy affects how many doors it's going to take you to get a financial freedom because it affects the ROI of your portfolio, right? And so, um, and I talk about this a lot, the 
ROI of your overall portfolio is going to determine whether it takes you 20 years to get to financial freedom versus two years, right? Whether it's going to take you 20 doors to get to financial freedom versus two doors. And that's because the ROI of your portfolio can vary with a stock bond portfolio. Typically, yeah, the ROI, you know, the safe withdrawal rate, what you're able to withdraw from it in retirement to live off of it is 4%, right? That's that's what it is. And, and, and there are studies to prove that. Um, and, and that's the number, which is why you need 2.5 million in your nest egg with a stock portfolio. But with real estate, the ROI of your portfolio can vary. It can vary anywhere from 10% uh, for non-leveraged turnkey long-term rentals, all the way up to 200% for a short-term rental where you're tapping into those advanced tax strategies. And so it narrows on that number that you need to get to financial freedom from 2.5 million with a stock portfolio all the way down to maybe 200,000, right? To get to that same 10,000 in um, in income per month. But it also you know, gives you a range where depending on your ROI, it could take you 20 doors, it could take you two doors. And I'm gonna deep dive into that so that we can see different examples of how different portfolios would look depending on the strategy that you use. Okay. If you're interested in learning how to invest in long-term and short-term rentals the right way, so you can accelerate to financial independence with the support of mentorship, community, and vetted investor agents in strong markets across the country, then get on the waitlist for the next cohort of Creating Generational Freedom at www.generationalwealthmd.com. You don't have to learn from decades of costly mistakes by yourself. The program is only open for enrollment in the spring and fall each year. In the last six months alone, our members have acquired over $60 million of real estate, and more importantly, they're living life and practicing medicine on their terms. You don't have to do it alone. The first numbers we're going to look at are, are going to be for properties that are fully paid for, right? Unleveraged long-term rentals. Um, and let's see what those numbers look like, right? So if you have a property that is worth, say, $300,000 and you're getting an, in most hybrid markets and cash flowing markets like the Midwest hybrid markets in the Sun Belt, you can uh, a property that's worth $300,000 would give you a rent of $2,500 to $3,000, right? And so because it doesn't have a mortgage, you're likely going to be cash flowing around $2,000 from each of those properties. So just doing simple math, that's going to mean five long-term rentals that, um, you know, in that category would get you to your financial independence number. So you, all you would need would be five properties. Now, what's the disadvantage of a portfolio like that? Let's, let's look at it. So you don't have leverage. So your overall returns are going to be significantly lower. So it's going to take your ROI down to 10% because that's what you're going to get as opposed to say 25% if you'd used leverage, right? Which means you're going to have a higher initial investment. So you need to have more money in your portfolio to get to that, that number. But the other thing that we don't intuitively realize is that you're also going to be throwing out positive cash flow um, come tax time, just because uh, with unleveraged properties, depreciation isn't really able to offset all of the income that you're making. So you are going to be paying taxes on that income, right? So there, there are two parts to it. Your overall returns are lower because you aren't using leverage. You don't have debt pay down. You don't have that leverage multiplier that uh, gives you a higher return. And you are also paying taxes. Uh, and that's going to be at your income tax bracket, right? Your marginal tax bracket. So those are the two disadvantages, but you could get to financial freedom with just five properties. Um, and that's, that's a possibility.
And there are people who do decide in retirement to have a, you know, to have very low leverage in their portfolios and they decide to pay down a lot of their properties. And so that's, that's a personal decision, but those would be the downsides. Now, what happens when you decide to do the same strategy, you know, turnkey long-term rentals, but you want to now use leverage. Now, if you did that, that $300,000 property, you would put say $75,000 down. And because you're using leverage, you'd probably have around $500 in cash flow from that property. And so doing simple math again, you'd probably need around 20 homes using that strategy to get to financial freedom. But over time, you're going to have significantly higher returns from that portfolio just because your ROI is going to be closer to 25% because you're using leverage and you're boosting your returns. You're not going to be paying taxes come tax time just because depreciation is going to be able to offset all of your income. So that's the advantage. But those that's what the numbers are going to look like now. That's where everyone gets stuck, right? So you're like, okay, I want to use leverage. Uh, I want to get higher returns, but 20, 20 doors is just like, you know, it can seem overwhelming, at least in the beginning. So what do you do then? That's when um, I like to talk about boosting returns, right? And we talk about this a lot and we actually deep dive into this in the 3D live event. So if this concept is new to you and you really want to learn more, definitely sign up. Uh, but uh, when you boost returns, that's when you're doing something called forcing appreciation or doing rehabs. And so let's look at what that portfolio would look like. So if you have the same property, right, a $300,000 property, and you're putting $75,000 down now on the property uh, to get that $500 cash flow. But now instead of just leaving it at that, you go in and put another $25,000 into that property, you rehab it. And when you do that, what happens is that you're building up equity. So let's say you build up $100,000 worth of equity in that property. Your rents go up by another $500 a month. What happens is that you could tap into that equity, pull it out, and then use that to go grow your portfolio. So you're not waiting to save up and grow your portfolio. So you're in an infinite return scenario, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful place to be. But you're also increasing your cash flow. So you're, you're, each of those properties is now throwing out $1,000 a month. So the number of properties you need to hit financial freedom goes down to, say, 10 properties, right? So again, so you see how you can play with your strategy to end up with different numbers. Now, those are all for long-term rentals. So where do, where do short-term rentals come in? Like I mentioned before, uh, a lot of our members, a lot of our members, a lot of physicians are tapping into short-term rentals. Um, and the reason is, uh, because you get to tap into multiple ways to boost returns. And so it's the end of the day, it's a game of return. So let's see what, what that looks like. Now, suppose you have a luxury short-term rental, a million dollar property, right? Now, the advantage of investing in short-term rentals is that if you're doing this right, you could go in with, with just 10% down, right? You could go in with 10% down. So you put in $100,000 and then maybe $50,000 for furnishing and some upgrades. So $150,000 into that property with a net revenue. Now there is seasonality in short-term rentals, but if you average it out and you're running your numbers right and you're picking the right properties in the right markets, hopefully you're getting $10,000 a month in um, net revenue averaged over the course of the year, right? And if you played your cards right and if you've tapped into advanced tax strategies, even as a full-time physician, hopefully you're getting $100,000 back come tax time just because of bonus depreciation and uh, materially participating in that property. And if this is new to you, we have podcast episodes on short-term rentals where I go into this in depth. Uh, and then we're going to talk about it during the live event. But 
there is a way for you to get 200% ROI from that short-term rental in year one. It does involve a little more effort. There is seasonality involved in it. So those are things you need to factor in. But there is a way for you to get to financial freedom with just that one door, right? And that's something to think about, right? And for, but that does involve a little more work with a short-term rental. But then there is a middle ground, right? So if you're thinking, I don't want as much seasonality, I uh, I also uh, want to have, probably don't have the time or the bandwidth to run a short-term rental. There's a middle ground, it's midterm rentals. And I've talked about this a little bit. Uh, it's something a lot of our members are considering doing, uh, especially in metro markets these days. And a midterm rental is when you're doing longer stays, right? And you have someone who comes and stays for three to six months, but some of our members are doing um, really really well with midterm rentals uh, where they're tapping into strategies where they're getting up to ten thousand dollars a month on a midterm rental uh, which is four times what you would get for that property if it was run as a as a long-term rental so assuming you put fifty thousand dollars down on that property uh, to purchase it that property is generating ten thousand dollars a month now again with midterm rentals you could have periods where you may not have a tenant in there. And so overall, you're if you're doing the strategy right, you're likely getting up to $2,000 a month in cash flow, pure cash flow from those properties, which means again, with five properties, you're hitting that number for financial independence if you need $10,000 a month. And your initial investment is also significantly lower, which is around $250,000. And so again, this is another way where you're boosting returns. Therefore, you need a lower amount invested in your properties and uh, your your ROI is significantly higher so you're getting to that same five, five financial independence number with fewer doors gave you a bunch of different examples of how you could structure things of how everybody's real estate portfolio is different um, I think that is what you need to keep in the back of your mind when you're trying to pick out the strategy that makes sense for you now apart from this there are um, a lot of reasons there are people who want to overshoot their financial independence numbers they want to have a little bit of buffer there are people who have more doors because they want to diversify a little bit um, and therefore mitigate risk there are there are a lot of members who after hitting their financial independence numbers are continuing to grow their portfolios because they want to they want additional tax savings they uh they want to reduce their W-2 uh, tax burden. And so the reasons for continuing to grow your portfolio. But I think the most important thing that I wanted to highlight is that a small and mighty portfolio can be super impactful. And um, I don't think we need to get into FOMO mode when we listen to people have say 100 or 150 doors. The most important thing is to look at your financial independence number and figure out how you can boost returns so you can get to financial independence with fewer doors, right? And so all of the strategies I talked about, short-term rentals, uh, rehabs, the advanced tax strategies, we deep dive into all of that in our three-day live event. And uh, if you haven't registered yet, definitely go go to generationalwealthmd.com slash event and make sure uh, you show up uh, live for the event. There is so much to learn from it. Um, wealth of information, I hope to see you all there. Now, I look at real estate as a very, very simple game. It's a game of returns, right? Which is why it makes so much more sense over um, your traditional retirement model, which in involves uh, investing in stocks and bonds. And the fact that when you use these strategies, right, when you use um, value add strategies, when you use uh, short-term rentals, when you're using the advanced tax strategies, 
um, you're not relying on market appreciation, right? So you're getting multifactorial returns and you know, the markets may go up and down a little bit. There could be fluctuation in the valuation of your property, but as long as you have a long-term hold and as long as you're tapping into other strategies, which are completely in your control, it gives you a portfolio that you have more control over that is uh, recession resilient and that is inflation adjusted um, and and that's the magic of investing in real estate